Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Infinity Watchers. I'm John Payerchin. And I'm Jared. And we are here and ready to talk about some MCU news um, and the breakdown of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two and just anything else that you know comes to mind for us. So you've come to the right place for some news, reviews, and crude views. <laughs> I like it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how has your week been, Jared? Uh, it's been good. It's, it's been busy. Uh, I have uh, I have two jobs right now, so it's been hectic going between mm. both of those, working essentially twelve hour days. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a, it's a fun time. Squeezing this in on top of all of that made it really fun. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's definitely a nice nice way to cap the week off. Right, and I spent uh, spent a good portion of the week watching the, uh, the Zach Snyder's Justice League. Mm. Yeah, I. I check that out earlier this week too or what were your general thoughts on it um i thought it was pretty good i mean it was better than the original cut but i think mostly just because they gave more backstory to some of the characters that needed it Mm -hmm. like flash and cyborg um but overall i i mean to me it doesn't compare to the marvel series or marvel films but it still is it still was really entertaining i -hmm. thought it didn't really feel like four hours yeah, it it's paced very well for four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started it on I think Wednesday night or Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Gone got through the first part, came to edit this, then didn't, and that's only like forty minutes in. So yeah. Thursday night, I sat down, and said oh, I'll watch maybe three or four more parts, and it ended up being the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it did end on a bit of a tease which is kind of upsetting because you kind of, you know it, it's very unlikely that we see the rest of it so um but still it, it, i thought it was really entertaining mm-hmm. how about yourself what have you been up to this week oh not too much fought off a little bit of a sickness earlier in the week um luckily it didn't end up being covid but yeah it's not um, a fun time yeah definitely not yeah i mean other than that went spent some time outdoors yesterday um did a rewatch of spider-man far from home last night that's always uh, that's always a fun one mm-hmm. it was the, the first time my wife had seen it actually so she, oh really yeah she really enjoyed it that's mm-hmm. good yeah it's great i was like yep. i always like when people jump onto that one it's uh i it's not one of my favorites i, I know eventually we'll get into mcu rankings but i think Dylan hall in it just elevates the entire thing mm-hmm yeah, it's it's super entertaining. Like it it has you the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think my biggest criticism of it is that they spend a little bit too much time before the big reveal, so to say. Yeah, that's fair. But um, but still, it's it's definitely a great flick. We can get into that another week though. Yep. And it's at some point we will be reviewing basically the entire MCU. Yeah. And spinoffs definitely. and MCU adjacent material. Yep. Like we we, we if, got a lot of content to cover. Yep. If they I, ever give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess with new content. And I guess if you re- if we really want to, if we run out of material, we'll just start reviewing Shield episode by episode. <laughs> I do that. I did, I did quite enjoy Shield. We'll get into the extended MCU. We'll we'll hit Shield, we'll hit Daredevil, all the Netflix series. <laughs> yeah. All the Spider-Man universe, possibly the X-Men universe, all the yep. pre uh, at all the 80s and 90s stuff, maybe some deep cuts here and there. 
Yeah. Hey, I mean, there was a point where I thought that, you know, we were about to roll the, the X-Men universe into the MCU after the Evan Peters um, (laughs) situation in WandaVision. The bait and switch boner joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing stuff. It's grown. That that bit's grown on me. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I mean, I think it's time to kick it over to the news. I think so too. So this week, I think we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Last week, I, I kind of mentioned, hey, this is a pretty heavy news week. I don't know if they'll all be like this. And then, you know, a few a few days later, <laughs> we looked at our list in the show notes, and it there was had a grown. Lot. It, it's <laughs> yeah. grown over the week. So we'll we'll kick uh, we'll we'll kick it off with kind of the smaller stories and hit the bigger ones towards the end. Um, so the first thing is that the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers premiere episode was the most watched premiere of Disney Plus of the entire run of Disney Plus um, over the course of its opening weekend. So that tops the opening weekends of the first episode of WandaVision and The Mandalorian, both seasons of The Mandalorian. It's great to hear that people yeah. are jumping on to D- Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I saw it. Funny enough, I I did see that uh, Justice League actually beat out Fountain Winter Soldier for most apparently most streams th- this week. Hmm. Uh, for the the premiere was it the premiere? Yeah, it was the premiere. Um, but yeah, it's great to see that people are coming to the platform. And it, it well, I should say it's a double edged sword because we'll we'll get into that in, a, in another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think what's interesting about that versus Justice League, though, is you have a group of people that kind of wait for all of these episodes to drop before binging them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a, a film, it's kind of not that situation. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's really awesome to hear. I'm glad people were invested. I'm curious to see what the second episode ended up doing in terms of numbers. What do we got up next? Our second one, um, this is earth-shattering revelation territory here um the identity of noob master 69 has been revealed for those who don't remember it's the new master 69 is thor's arch enemy um he owned thor and Fortnite a little bit and then or i think he was attacking korg actually in Fortnite in avengers endgame yeah. um and you'll remember a little bit of funny dialogue between <laughs> thor and noob master 69 um <laughs> But what we have found out this week through an ad for Microsoft is that the identity of Noob Master 69 is actually Aaron. <laughs> so for those who don't remember, Aaron was the employee at the Apple store that um, was the customer service representative for um, Steve and Natasha when they were hiding out in the mall and on the run from hydra so if you kind of look at how how this story has evolved yeah it's a great (laughs) callback um the way it was revealed is there's a he's now a microsoft employee so he's kind of playing a uh playing a game with sam wilson Mm. and towards the end of the the advertisement he reveals his true identity as noob master 69 which is just just breaks everything that we knew about the mcu and i'm sure is a revelation that we will be seeing the impacts of years to come tiger i want to follow up to this in love and thunder it could happen 
I really want to see not that. out of the realm of possibility. That, that's the stinger <laughs> at the end is Thor coming back to Earth just to take out Aaron. That would be amazing. <laughs> I need it. I need it right now. It's something that it's something he would throw in there too. Yep. <laughs> uh well, I mean, since since Endgame, this has probably been one of the most speculated things about the MCU. <laughs> Part of me was kind of hoping it was the Fortnite kid, the uh that Chud Judd with you. Oh my God. parody <laughs> yeah. kid. I don't I don't know how else you would say that, but uh yeah, I part of me was hoping it was him. That would be pretty good. <laughs> All right, so our, our next story to talk about this week is um that Captain Marvel 2 and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania have um dates that they're starting to film. So they're going to start filming on May 31st. Um, right now, Captain Marvel 2 is slated for November 11th, 2022. Um, it's the last or the latest MCU movie on the our timeline that has an actual date instead of just like kind of a release window. Um, so my question with this is wondering, since they're starting to film at the same time, does this mean that Ant-Man and the Wasp could be a 2022 release or early 2023 release? Well, they've been on like a what nine to eleven month uh, production and release cycle, from mm-hmm. what I what I've been able to tell. So I, I'm thinking we're looking more toward a 2022 release. And I believe, if I had to guess, this was all affected because of COVID, um, mm-hmm. because it, that was supposed to come out originally. When was that supposed to come out? The start of 2022, or the Captain Marvel or Ant Man? Ant Man. Uh, they've never given it a date. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Captain Marvel is slated for November 11th. If I had to guess, because of COVID, that was pushed back. Is that, is that, that does that sound reasonable? Or I would imagine. Does yeah. it sound like that was always the intention? No, I, I, we never have gotten another date aside from that. But what I'm thinking is, yeah, it probably was November 2021 and got pushed a bit mm-hmm. because where we're at right now, you know, I think we would have been it's sad to think about but we would have already seen black widow shang chi eternals spider-man no way home i think thor love and thunder and we'd be on the verge of seeing doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so it's kind of like like that's that's where we would be in a non-covid timeline okay yeah that's very true i forgot how much was supposed to come out in 2020 yeah it hurts 2020 (laughs) was supposed to be a pretty big year for blockbusters in general yeah it's pretty crazy, but, but yeah, so, I mean, that's where we're at. I'm kind of thinking that I could see Ant-Man and the Wasp jumping into like maybe a September time slot in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, given that right now, Black Panther 2 comes out in July of 2022. So that, that September deadline's only, only informed by um, the recent delay to Shang-Chi that put it in September, um, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, which would be incredible because if you look at the 2022 lineup right now, it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. Thor: Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, possibly Ant Man in the Wasp: Quantumania, and then Captain Marvel 2. I wouldn't throw Ant Man out there. I mean, like I wouldn't throw it out of uh, out of the lineup there. That's not right. reasonable. Yeah, especially if they're starting production now. Yep. Yep. So I think that's a decent transition into our next topic, which is the delays that were suffered in the MCU this week. 
Um, so we have new dates for Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Black Widow is now slated to come out on July 9th um, with a premiere access option for Disney+. Plus. So with the $29.99 price tag, um, you can add Black Widow to your Disney Plus lineup the same day it's released <laughs> it in, into theaters. What fighting giveth, fighting taketh away. Yeah, it's it's a bittersweet gives, thing. Gives gives fans new material every week, but then pushes back the big tentpole release and throws it on streaming service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, it's simply they're trying to pull as much box office as they can. Right, and I and, think I think July 9th is a pretty reasonable date based on the rate of like vaccinations in the country. I think yeah, I think a lot of people feel more comfortable. It's just a matter of like how many theaters are going to be out there to actually go to. Well, I know uh, there's a there's a podcast I listen to that follows a lot of uh, like industry wide news, and one of the things we were talking about was after this news came out, uh, the Washington Post went out and interviewed uh, owners of independent theaters and mm-hmm. and cinemas and they were i don't want to say complaining but they were right to be mad about this because they were a lot of them were expecting this to be what helps them come may a lot of them for a lot of the, these independent i'm sorry for a lot of them for these independent theaters uh disney is later their lifeblood if you will brings in the most people the mcu itself brings in probably some of the largest crowds Per release, uh, so this could have a drastic impact on impact on on the theater landscape as we know it, really. And that's why I said before, it's kind of a double edged sword that they're releasing this. I mean, right. me, me personally, I mean, I'll be vaccinated at that point. So if I have the opportunity, I'll try and find a theater to go see it at, um, especially when I have one within walking distance that is probably going to be playing it and try and give them some money instead of buying it straight off of disney plus right well, yeah the- i that's kind of where i'm at if i if i feel comfortable i would mm-hmm. much prefer to see it in a theater um but we'll kind of see what the the country's landscape looks like in right. a few months time uh, for all we know this will be pushed back again for theaters and just go straight to i really don't think streaming. so yeah. they can't they can't push it back without running some i mean right now they have a nice two two month gap between black widow and shang chi now they have a two month gap between um shang chi and the eternals so Mm -hmm. any any other delays would cause other films to push i think a bit so this is i think this is final especially since they added the premiere access tag to it yeah that's fair that's that's reasonable and it must mean that the premiere access uh program or, or label has actually been working for them Right. That they're willing to throw this up there. Definitely. I mean, this is the highest profile film on there uh, with the premiere, premiere access tag. I mean, the other ones had, they just don't bring the box office that Marvel does. So it's kind of, a, I think this will be a, a case that the entire industry kind of looks at and sees how how Black Widow performs both in theaters and on premiere access and couldn't mm-hmm. really dictate a lot of what what theaters decide to do find it a little ironic that uh, around around the fourth of july they're releasing the, the film about the the russian spy <laughs> it's after the fourth of july it's five days yeah, after. i know <laughs> we've forgotten about five america at after. that point yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all come we all come together on the fourth and then forget about it afterward what is america <laughs> yeah. 
which I, I guess that actually leads into our uh our discussion of this episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Better, better than I expected. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, if only we didn't have other news to cover first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really think that went through. <laughs> All right, people, we're, we're still, we're still learning here. Yep. I promised all of you I would have a better sound quality this, this week and it's here. I actually you bought delivered. A, I actually bought a real mic. So it's, uh, Hope you can actually understand me. And when I go to edit, I won't accidentally blow out the last 15 minutes. Uh, because what, what had happened was when I was editing, I accidentally put a, a fade out effect on our vocal track after I had already cut the whole thing up. So <laughs> I didn't, because I didn't want to go back and have to do it again and delay the release of last week's episode, uh, I just kind of amplified that last 15 minutes. So I apologize to anyone if it sounds blown out or distorted. This is a, you're, you're just, you're learning or you're, you're along for the ride from day one. <laughs> Dread it, run from it. Sound quality still arrives. <laughs> That's what we say here. That's our. Dread it, run for it. Sound quality still arrives. <laughs> so, so with, with that news of Black Widow and, and Shang-Chi being delayed, um, I just wanted to recap the 2021 slate at this point, and this is a, a, a factor as to why we're doing this podcast, as we mentioned before. Um, but so in from January to March, we had WandaVision come out. Uh, right now, we're we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier until April 23rd. Week after that, we will have the assembled for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There aren't any major releases until June 11th when Loki will be premiering on June 11th. And there hasn't really been any idea of how many episodes that's going to be yet. Has there? I don't think I, if I remember correctly, six, but I okay. don't have facts to back that up. right? Now. <laughs> okay. So we'll say roughly six to nine episodes or six to 10 episodes mm-hmm. uh, that, that premieres on June 11th. Now Black Widow has been pushed to June, July 9th. And that is also apparently when episode five of Loki will be airing at the same time. So we'll have basically a rehash of Falcon and Winter Soldier and Justice League this week, come July 9th. Uh, some people might go see Black Widow or watch Loki and then just buy the Premiere Access Plus and make a whole night out of it. Uh, yeah, I think what, what they'll probably do, and this is what Star Wars did when Rise of Skywalker dropped alongside the Mandalorian Mm -hmm. um, is they actually released the episode of the Mandalorian for that week on Wednesday. Okay. So that's something I would kind of expect from Marvel as well. So that week, the black widow comes out, they'll drop the Loki episode on Wednesday. That way they're not competing with themselves. Right. And it it seems like Disney is pretty good other than, other than the whole avatar incident a few weeks ago, they're pretty good with not competing with themselves. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So then in the middle of summer of 2021, we get the anthology, the anthology series. What if there's been no official release date on that yet Uh, comes September 3rd, which is Labor Day weekend. uh, We've Shane Chi being released. And as of now, all I've seen is it's going to theaters. And from what I've read, and I didn't realize this Labor Day weekend is a, typically a low grossing weekend for theaters in general. So this is a pretty big gamble that Disney is putting out uh, Shang-Chi over Labor Day. Uh, I mean, it's the end of the summer for most people. So maybe, maybe this will be a good return 
uh, given that it does have the Disney and Marvel brand behind it, and this would just be an anomaly, but typically that weekend doesn't do well. And I think given the right uh, marketing and the fact that this is the first uh, Asian-led Marvel film, uh, it's it has potential to break records for Labor Day weekend. Right. And I think it's just part of the overall scheme of owning the record for every individual month. <laughs> <laughs> Disney I think we'll have a stop. different Marvel hero every month that owns the box <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, then come, we don't have dates on these yet, but in the fall and winter of 2021, we get both Miss Marvel and Hawkeye, both coming to Disney Plus. Uh, November 5th, 2021, Eternals comes out. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the Oscars are in a few weeks. I'm thinking that we'll get a trailer then because Chloe Zhao is no- nominated for Nomadland. As best hmm. director, best adapted screenplay, and best picture. So, and she's almost not guaranteed to win best director, but she's been sweeping that category in every award show leading up to the Oscars. So, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Disney is going to try and capitalize on that. And either after she wins or during the during the actual premiere of the Oscars, we get a trailer for the Eternals at that point. Exactly. I mean, it will say from best picture award-winning director chloe Zhao, or something yeah. that you know along those lines which but, I, yeah I, i'm curious her style doesn't fit not say doesn't fit marvel but i'm really curious what she's gonna do with it because a lot of her stuff is very uh, slow and contemplative and uh, they're essentially all of her pictures are essentially westerns in a way mm-hmm. so i'm really curious how, what she does with this yeah it's it's really exciting then come Oh, I skipped one. Uh, this is not MCU material, but it's MCU adjacent. Uh, in September 17th, 2021, Andy Serkis' Venom Let There Be Carnage comes out. Oh. And I really think the week that comes out or the week before, I really think we should do a recap on Venom. You and I, you and I have different yeah. opinions of that whole thing. So yeah, I think that would be a fun conversation. That sounds fun. And then um, throw this in there. Is Morbius out this year? I don't, oh, that's next year. That's next that's- year. Morbius got uh, pushed back. There, I mean, there's no speculation or rumors that this is going to be tied into the MCU, but given the Morbius trailer has some connections, it, it's possible. Uh, this is a pure Sony release. It's not part of the mm-hmm. partnership with Marvel. So I'm right. curious if there's actually going to be anything. But I, I think around that time, we should do Venom and, and this because Again, yeah. you and I have very different, not very different opinions, but uh, we, we talked about it after I watched it finally a few months ago, and uh, it, that, I think that would be a fun discussion. Yeah, yeah, we could definitely do that. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then uh, December 17th, 2021, come Christmas time, we did Spider-Man No Way Home. Very close to the, the release date that Sony had for um, Into the Spider-Verse, so... Oh yeah, that's interesting. True. They, I, I think they're banking on that Spider-Man box office in December, which is it's interesting. I mean, every other um, MCU Spider-Man movie has come out in the summer um, and done extremely well. I mean, th- those those have all been like teen comedies, so it, it only made sense to release them in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if they're still going that route with this one when they're releasing yeah. it in December, or I guess we'll see. December is also typically when a lot of Oscar bait gets dropped, so I'm wondering if 
Spider-Man No Way Home is is Marvel's <laughs> other another push for an Oscar win. There's them. no way. <laughs> There's no way home now. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's it for that news story. Wrap it up. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> So our, our final story of the week, um, and this is a, a huge one really to talk about, and we probably should, you know, do our research and, and have an entire episode dedicated to this eventually, but yeah. um, an Echo series is in development for Disney+. Plus. Um, so this is starring Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez slash Echo, um, and she is going to make her debut in Hawkeye. Okay. Um, no word on if she'll actually be a powered individual yet. Um, or, you know, kind of if, if Hawkeye is kind of a launching point slash origin story for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very awesome, very interesting. She is the first deaf and Native American hero in the MCU. Um, so first deaf hero and first Native American hero, not first of the combination. <laughs> but um, it's she, her powers are kind of similar to Taskmaster. So she okay. copies opponents' fight, fighting styles. Um, an interesting connection to Hawkeye is that she actually held the title of Ronan in the comics mm-hmm. before Clint did. Um, Clint, you know, during the blip, adopted the Ronan persona and kind of went on a, a vengeance quest. Right. So I'm wondering if some of that plays in here. Um, and she has affiliations with the New Avengers and the Hand. So does that mean that we're going to get the Hand again as a villain? I hope it's I hope, possible. I, I think I hope it was. Not. Yeah, they're kind of lame and defenders. <laughs> they could they could be cool if done right, but yeah. I, I think her connections are are pretty heavy with Daredevil. Um, she okay. was really involved with him um, in multiple storylines in the comics, so um, could be maybe a hint at Daredevil coming in. I would hope so, but you maybe never know. A, maybe that's a good place to bring Charlie Cox back. It would be. So uh, it's really interesting to see these Disney Plus series um, get the green light early. It must, you know, to me, it kind of speaks to that they have confidence in this character based on what they've seen from Hawkeye, which has mm-hmm. been filming for a few months now. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting. Always good to get more diverse heroes, you know, to represent a different group that hasn't been represented before in the MCU. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, this character just seems really, really cool. So we'll hopefully do some some comic reading comic reviews episode as as the echo series gets underway um but i I, i'm really interested in this one yeah what's what for the listeners out there uh john and i were talking about this uh, offline earlier but he's actually read more comments than i have so this this would be a, a good point for at least for me to jump into some characters i either hadn't heard of or some titles i had heard of and just never had a chance to read so during some down periods, we'll be doing, we'll possibly be doing some book clubs of some sort or uh, some character introductions or some, some, something of that light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we'd like to like get together, read the same series and then give our thoughts on it. If we kind of have a little bit of a gap between series or films, mm-hmm. um, you know, just as, as a neat discussion point talk about something different and maybe use it to inform some predictions for um a series that 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 comic run might be related to so Mm -hmm. well if she has affiliations with the new avengers uh there have been several if i'm understanding this right there have been several characters already introduced that are part of the new avengers or is that the young avengers i'm thinking of Uh, i think you're thinking of the young avengers okay yeah okay 
So, so with that, um, let's kick it over to our main topic. And what we are here to discuss this week is the second episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, this episode is titled Star Spangled Man, and it was directed, as are all these episodes, by Carrie Scogland and written by Malcolm Spellman. So, I, I mean, my quick overall thoughts on this episode, I was in from the jump, <laughs> much yeah. like I was with the last episode, but this, you know, had great banter. Mm-hmm. It had great, like, incredible action and good deep dives into these characters um, and good introductions to others. So. Right. As well as uh, it, 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 I I have written here that uh, this, this episode sets up a lot of motivations of several groups and characters. Mm. If, if the first week was just introducing everyone and bringing every and bringing uh, viewers up to speed on what some of these characters have been doing uh, this episode kind of delves into everyone else's motivations and alliances. Right. Uh, so just as a brief recap of the plot, uh, John Walker's named Captain America and Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes team up against the rebel group of the Flag Smashers. By the way, this is, if anybody hasn't been able to tell, this is a spoiler heavy podcast. <laughs> we don't, we don't really do a spoiler free uh, review of things. Maybe eventually we'll learn how to do that properly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, right now, I think it makes more sense with films to do a, a 15 spoiler minute. Free. Yeah. Spoiler right. free. But the show is real hard on it with, yeah, with this is just dive into those spoilers, right? The sweet, sweet spoilers. (laughs) And there are a lot of sweet, sweet spoilers here right? in this one. Yeah. I mean, just from the opening, like I said, I I was hooked. You know, you have the, the John Walker introduction. We kick it off with a marching band that's playing the actual star spangled man with a plan song from the first Avenger, which was awesome. And that, marching band rendition slapped it did it really <laughs> did and it that was a that was a great callback too it's very oh, subtle so cool yeah but if you're paying attention you can re, you can notice they're trying to make parallels to both john and steve oh but, for sure but I they're mean, they're completely different characters when you get down to it yeah when you really drill down into their character i mean that it without even without that song you know looking at that scene of him running across the football field and doing the interviews it just was a modernization of what they initially had steve do when he right. was just on stage you know punching hitler every night i mean the fact <laughs> you know? they actually brought sarah haynes in to do uh, to do an interview for gma uh just adds to what this mm-hmm. is what really would happen if uh if a character like this existed it would be instead of go out and buy war bonds it would be this is an all-american hero who mm-hmm. is a war veteran and this is what you can do if you join the army <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i felt like what, what was so cool about this opening scene just from from start to finish was how much they were able to give you a sense of john walker's character and who he mm-hmm. is like they are talking about his past and and everything during the interview. But even before that, when he's in the locker room, you know, he's looking at his old locker. So Mm -hmm. you kind of get the sense that he's, he's pretty thoughtful. Like he was being like by himself was, (laughs) I don't know. He showed a lot of emotion. I thought there and kind of gave you some insight into his character, even before, you know, his wife came in to, to talk to him and um, his comrade um, Lamar Hoskins. 
or did he or did he peak in high school and he's just trying to relive those glory days it's possible (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah the whole at least to me the whole the whole intro had this very uh boys feel to it 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 felt very much like something the boys would have done yeah Uh, especially with the the new captain america logo looks like a trains a little bit yeah it kind of does (laughs) for them to come out and say that he's doing an interview from his old high school and for them to give like this big patriotic uh i don't want to say ceremony but uh what's what's the word i'm looking for pep rally that's what i'm looking for it was a pep mm-hmm. rally for him essentially yep for introducing or for him being introduced and he's going on a tour of america quote yep. air quoting that um but i i mean we i'll get into character a little bit later uh, with him but it, i think it was a great introduction to what the the government seems to be doing with him yeah and he they're starting i mean i i felt it a little less by the end of the episode but they you know they start to build him up as a little bit of a sympathetic character you know like he's trying to just be the, i mean he says it later the best captain america he can be and you know he's <laughs> he he seems to you know know the situation he's in and feels the pressure that's on him um, right and but, it's interesting but at the same time uh steve rogers and john walker are two completely different characters steve didn't necessarily want the role he was kind of given it mm-hmm. uh by um by a german scientist and who saw the good in him and john walker on the other hand believes he deserves the mantle mm-hmm. for all of his uh military accolades if you will is one of the best, uh, one of the best in his class, one of the best soldiers out in the field, and I find it interesting that they're kind of drawing or they're kind of contrasting the two by the fact that Steve wasn't a military veteran; he was just an everyday guy who was too small and unhealthy to to go fight, and he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. While uh, John is somebody who has been able to and he is a military veteran and i don't know if fans of the original captain america are in this universe are aware of something like that that steve really had no intentions of i don't want to say killing people but he wanted he just didn't like bullies to quote right. to quote steve rogers himself right and that, and that's a good question because you never really just because we didn't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but we mm-hmm. didn't see Steve giving those type of interviews. We didn't see him mm-hmm. being kind of like the the U.S. government face, you know, mm-hmm. like he was the leader of the Avengers, but it, he, you never saw him as that public figure, you know, giving interviews, giving insight into his background. And right. I would assume it would have had to happen at some point, but um, yeah, the the whole publicity aspect of of Steve is... You know, he didn't want that publicity. Not really. to mention, uh, and we can get into this when we get to the uh, to the truck scene. But um, he he disobeyed orders to go save people. Yeah, that's. I mean that that's a major contrast to John, who's going on missions for the U.S. government, and only uh, only backs up Steve's point from Civil War that well, governments have agendas. If we're sent in, then we're were no different than what they're trying to push exactly which i think is is a genius tie-in to contrast both john and steve yep yeah and i mean everything we're thinking now 
you get cutaways to Bucky watching this interview and, you know, he's thinking the same exact things. Like, he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. This is the disgusting. You you know, they're the asking list. John if he, if he knew Steve and he's like, no, you know, I never met him. I admired his time with Avengers and I was just at a West point when he was on un- unfrozen and Bucky is just kind of like disgusted. He's like, you're talking as if you know him, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he sees right through it. Yeah. Bucky sees right through it. You know, you can tell Bucky's just disgusted, which comes out in, you know, next part when he and Sam finally <laughs> get together, which, you know, I almost expected some event to draw them together, but no, right. Bucky literally just storms just... up to him. He's like, what, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, this is good. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that because I didn't want there to be some huge, like, explanation or reason for them to come together because we know it's going to happen anyway they still they still are in contact with each other it's just not that often they know yeah they're they're aware of each other's whereabouts yeah which is it this is all funny though because it's like it seems like that's an air force base right Mm -hmm. so bucky who's still going through therapy because he was an assassin for like a (laughs) hundred years just like waltzes onto an air force base and like starts pointing (laughs) fingers at people i was like whoa this is weird but uh, i'll forgive it (laughs) I i think the biggest question out of that whole scene is bucky knows how to use a tv properly he's been he's been a microwave dinner for the past 50 to 70 <laughs> years that he, he knows how to work a tv now that, that's pretty impressive for a, for a man who's over 100 years old yeah <laughs> the uh, their first meeting was just so great yeah the, yeah the banter the, they, <laughs> the banter they have is just fantastic and we learned that bucky is a tolkienite yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Which, mackie's face when he's like how do you know Gandalf? He's like real suspicious <laughs> of him. But, oh, I laughed so hard. Which, so I never even thought of that. Until yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read it when it came out in 1937. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks of the, uh, the, the Hobbit films. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think he's been unfrozen enough long enough to watch them. They're pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> He, when I guarantee, when he found out there was a, there was an extended cut of all three Lord of the Rings, he, he sat and, and binged actually all sits of them between the Hobbits <laughs> and, yeah. and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's a great little call, call or not call out, but a nice little reference. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, even with the witty dialogue and the, the humor, there's still a lot of heart in this scene too with bucky being genuinely upset at sam for getting rid of the shield and kind of mm-hmm. setting up that tension between them we, we see in the therapy session why bucky's just so upset about it which is great but um yeah it's it's good to build up that tension the tension just continues when they head towards the flag smashers and we get another great callback in this scene when um i don't know if you caught this but they're there's a callback to the first Avengers, the first Avengers movie, not the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Bucky says, do we even have a plan? Do you have a plan? Oh. And Sam says, I have a plan. And then he just jumps out. But no, I was waiting for attack because that's the same <laughs> thing Cap said when he jumped out, <laughs> which was good. Never and, even, yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, <laughs> it was very, very very like a, a very clear callback like when the way sam was positioned yeah and the way he was looking at bucky was pretty funny and when uh sam called bucky buck and he said you can't call me that steve called me that and steve had a plan <laughs> <laughs> i think well now that you mention it that the callback to steve uh on the 
in the first Avengers movie. Um, I mentioned last week and with the terrible audio that uh, the first uh, jump that Sam makes out of the the jet in that in that opening action sequence is a, it seemed like a callback to the Winter mm-hmm. Soldier opening scene too. So it sounds like they're using image imagery from the prior installments to try and put Sam on the same yeah. path as Steve. Yeah, I'm way. sure that's definitely an intentional choice. The what follows after Sam jumps out is Bucky jumping out, which doesn't go so well for him. And that's just hilarious. <laughs> I I almost because they don't show his his super strength outside of his arm a lot. I almost like forgot that he was an actual super soldier. So I was like, are you just gonna jump right. out? And sure enough he did and that did not go well. Well that's not the that's not the farthest true. fall he's had from a yeah, from a high true. distance. <laughs> I mean the first Avenger, he literally falls yeah. over a mountain to into a river. Yeah, Bucky is he's always <laughs> falling. And then, you know, Falcon taunting him with Red Wing and just this the shot of Buck, Bucky like running to the, oh. the warehouse where they were targeting as Red Wing leads him is just really funny because it just seemed really like so demeaning to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one out for red wing i know we haven't mm. gotten to that point oh, yet God, but red wing little guy he will gonna, be, be he did not last long in this series <laughs> <laughs> and sam took care of him like a pet there's a little flying yep. drone this uh <laughs> right after this when bucky gets to the warehouse i think is my favorite the 10 to 15 minute span of the series so far like it kicks off with the mm-hmm. banter between them which is Oh my god, it's so snarky, so great. Some of the, the dialogue is just incredible. <laughs> I, I I just the one that stands out to me is when when Bucky goes quote unquote stealthily over to um their like target destination and Sam is like you spend one week in, in Wakanda <laughs> and you're the white panther. <laughs> And Bucky says White Wolf, actually. <laughs> Sam's like, White Wolf, huh? Is what? <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. So they're uh, they're in the warehouse watching some flag smashers smash, mm. smash some flags, mm-hmm. stealing vaccines. Yeah, I wonder if that, Just li- that line was thrown in post-COVID or what. <laughs> <laughs> so we're supposed yeah. to hate them. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make them sympathetic in this day and age? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, when when we eventually find out why they did, it makes them sympathetic. So uh, Sam believes that they're trafficking humans Mm, in the truck as well. Yeah, because they see what they think is a hostage. And so they uh, they run over to the truck and chase it down. Yeah, and you quickly find out that it's not a hostage. It is Carly Morgenthau, um, who's played by Aaron Kellyman. Mm. And, you know, Bucky sees her appearance and just takes her for granted and is, is soon <laughs> punched out of the truck and they get a bit of a skirmish. And then a big surprise is that John Walker shows up and oh, Lamar Hoskins is his um, sidekick, <laughs> which to me is, yeah, Battlestar. Battle what gets me about this is their, their definition of char- Captain America is a white dude with a shield and a black sidekick <laughs> like the government's the government's definition yeah. of captain america it's like uh, okay right i <laughs> see what yeah i see what you're doing definitely <laughs> uh i don't know if you noticed but during this fight scene well i guess first of all uh one of the flat smashes mm. breaks wet red wing R. I. P. pour one out 
and Bucky is like relieved yeah. that the thing's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he hated that. <laughs> he said. But uh, one of the things I noticed, and uh, this is another contrasting element to Steve and John, is out of nowhere, Steve. I'm sorry, John pulls a gun out and starts shooting it. Yes. At others, I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. But that was a very, uh, very intentional choice because Steve only used guns in the first Captain America, and that was because he was in a military he was going up against military combatants yeah that that definitely stuck out to me just like the, i mean he was hanging off the truck and all of a sudden he just whipped the pistol out and like shot a guy i was i was whoa that like, whoa. Just, that image of cap with a gun you know like you said it was in didn't the sit first right. avenger but i mean i did some digging digging into that and some theories or that or some speculation is that he only uses steve would only use guns when necessary in a specifically in um in military combat but if he was ever in an area with civilians he'd never use right. them and that's what a lot of and from both uh the winter soldier and civil war he has been a he's become the leader of the avengers so he never feels the need to use one i mean even age of ultron too mm-hmm. and Endgame. i think i think the end of Endgame would have been a lot different if all of a sudden Steve pulls a gun out of his holster and starts shooting Thanos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have that exactly. that we've had. Exactly. <laughs> um, the fact that John, because of his military history, that was, that's the first thing he turns to. He doesn't even try and use the shield the way exactly. Steve would. Granted, these, the Flat Smashers aren't, aren't military combatants, but he, he knows that they're still yep. people. He, Steve would still know that there, there are people exactly. behind those masks that killing them isn't really the well, best even way then, to go about this. If you look this. at the conversation that happens right after this fight scene between Sam and, and John, it's he doesn't know what they even want or what they're doing. Like, you know, the, right. the, it was kind of a not, I mean, stealing vaccines is, can be, I mean, you could see it as violent, I guess, but you know, it's, yeah, he came in just ready to just, shoot them <laughs> you know without even knowing what who they are right. what they're doing yeah no questions asked <clears throat> so yeah th- i mean this fight scene was awesome like the choreography was mm-hmm. just it just felt so cinematic and huge <laughs> and and mm-hmm. there's bucky like hanging on the bottom of of, of the uh of the box truck yeah almost as sam comes over, over and tire. taunts him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam's never no. afraid to throw some quips out there at no. any point. <laughs> I think Anthony oh, Mackie is so good in the show. He really is. Yeah, another another quick standout moment from the fight is when the the shield is thrown and Bucky catches it like mid flight and kind of just like it, it's very passive aggressive and then hands it to John. I think he I think he hands it to John, but yeah, it, it was was something I, I think that fight sequence personally beat out the the opening Same. one from the first episode because that i mean yeah the first one was great but it was cut up too much for yeah. me to keep up with and to follow with but i feel like it was over edited and it, trying to keep track of mm-hmm. batrock was a little uh was a little hairy yeah and i mean we me. could with this one we get to see john walker in action too which is cool because you see that they're not just using him as um a face like he can fight like he's doing a decent enough job until he gets chumped by some super soldiers which makes me wonder if he eventually takes the serum himself towards the end of this series well i wonder did he he, did he, he said he serum? didn't in the interview think, 
I mean, we don't oh, know that for sure. Okay. He could just be kind of playing it. I, I, could just be I don't get that. that sense, but you never know. See, my 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 theory about him, and I watched this with uh, with my girlfriend on Saturday night or Saturday evening while we're eating dinner. And when we sat down before we started, she goes, "I'm not a fan of that John of of uh-huh. John Walker. Like I, something's up with him." So he or so as soon as this episode started and he was giving that interview i thought you know what if he's part of like he's in on the flat smashers mm. movement he could be i i was thinking like that myself he, and but after we find out what their motivations are i'm starting to wonder if that's the case i don't think yeah. that's the case so before well before we we get to uh the flat smashers and their hideout uh there's a scene right after the chase with uh john and lamar driving away and bucky and sam yeah. not wanting to go to ride with them given the, uh, the which with this one i was trying to kind of like understand both sides right like like john is initially kind of welcoming and i think he's just kind of an idiot because he doesn't understand why they would be hesitant you know what i mean like he does does he mm-hmm. not really understand how they kind of screwed Fla- falcon he doesn't over? understand the dynamic like, the, i mean i wonder how right. much he's actually in the loop and what's what the government wants out of this and why they gave him the shield versus sam or if he even knew sam had the shield to begin with or you know i i question that with this because he's just like hey come work with me let's go this is awesome and it's like come be my come be captain america's wingman it's always the last line and that and that's where yeah and that and yeah sam with that great quip that's always that last that was great because it it was true like everything everything john was saying up until that line was just like kind of made sense like he was like hey work together we, i'm trying to be kind the best of. captain america i can be i'm like oh i can relate to this guy and he's like wish i had cap's wingman in my side and i'm like oh <laughs> oh and even then he, he kind of proved that earlier too because when he's talking to during that uh car scene where they're all riding together and lamar actually says to bucky oh it's Battlestar. my code name's Battlestar, or something like that and then bucky's like okay i'm out <laughs> <laughs> it, it made me think like after i heard it's always that last line it made me think back to that too because bucky's like i'm out <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's too much it's not worth it yeah these, these but that, i mean tools. that that scene was pretty good because you got to see john walker for a bit without the cameras and um i mean with this one i still kind of was like he's not a huge jerk yet like he i mean i feel like he is but I will say though the casting of John Walker is perfect because Wyatt Russell has a very yeah. punchable face. Like I I I get where he's coming from, but I can't given Sam's history with that yes. shield and that position. I I can't personally. I oh, can't I get definitely on board with am not it. either. You know, I'm wondering how much John Walker is actually involved, and yeah, it, it, you wonder how much they're all aware of the situation. You know, I feel like the government's kind of pulling the strings there a little bit. You know, there could be ulterior motives mm-hmm. and, and stuff for John as well. But, um, yeah, I, I really think... Nothing that yeah, we're aware of yet. I, I don't know. This this scene was just cool to get that interaction. I honestly, in episode two, wasn't expecting to get interaction between John Walker and Sam Wilson already. <laughs> like, it, it kind mm-hmm. of felt like that would be something towards the end of the series. But I, it... I was shocked when he mm-hmm. showed up in the fight scene. I mean, you're right. It it does it does set up John's motivation mm-hmm. as well that he wants to be the best Captain America he can. Uh, but Sam knows that the best Captain America is yeah exactly retired. that again during the interview when when John said essentially says I deserved this position 
both Bucky and Sam know I don't, that. I don't think John said he deserved it. I I heard they, I remember that somewhere that or maybe maybe I just interpreted it as yeah because they he, he wasn't it. the one who went through all of his accomplishments. It was the interviewer because he went. He said I. That's um, right. He said it, he was like it's crazy. How did a guy like uh, just a small town guy like me end up here or something? And the the interviewer said, "Small town guy like you. Well, here's your record. That's like that's not who you are or something." right well may, maybe that's just me projecting and he he believes yeah. he i think there it. is an aspect to that though uh, because and both sam and bucky know that steve again like i said before steve and bucky both know that that position isn't given to somebody mm-hmm. who quote deserves it or the person who held the mantle before didn't deserve it he was mm-hmm. just given it um because he was yep. quote a good person he wanted to do the right thing he he deserved it, but he didn't feel like he deserved it. Exactly. He didn't feel entitled to it. There we go. That's what I'm trying to get exactly. at. So as you kind of alluded to earlier, we get some motivations for the the flag smashers next, and you know we get references to them as being kind of like a Robin Hood type organization. Um, it seems like they operate in a sort of moral gray area. Yeah, since January, Robin Hood to me has taken That's on a true. different meaning <laughs> since the whole yeah. game staunch situation. <laughs> See, I I read them as more of a uh and I, I might get some uh, some backlash for this because I know they're not a group but more of a mindset, but I read them as like an Antifa sit type organization. Yeah, like there's no I, that's how I took it too. Like I I feel like with this, it's even less or more structured than like how you think of Antifa as being because they, mm-hmm. it seems like the Flag Smashers, what they have is a group of these, uh, presumably most of them are powered individuals um, that have some some sort of super soldier cocktail in their, in their veins. There were eight super soldiers in that battle. Oh, okay. And there are two main characters. If you take eight divided by two, what do you get? Four. Fantastic. Four confirmed. Four confirmed. Yet again. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm telling you, we're gonna find references <laughs> to the Fantastic Four everywhere in the, in the We shows. need to go deeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. In, in reality, John and Lamar are part oh of the Fantastic gosh. Four. This whole this whole show is really just. A I think that every show is a lead into going to Fantastic be. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and when it actually comes out, we'll yeah, we're, we're done. As soon as Fantastic Four releases in 2023 or 2024, the podcast is over. The podcast is over. <laughs> we're putting an expiration date on today, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this way, <is> well. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, the Flat Smashers have uh, the the uh, handful of super soldiers go to their uh they go yeah. to their little high which is it kind of plays to the idea of them as like uh more of a movement than an organization because it seems like this isn't a place that they come to mm-hmm. regularly it's kind of someone who supports the cause that's hosting them which is cool and right you get the sense that there are these core eight members and then they just have a whole network of people just regular people going about their lives that help them out and stuff so it really is kind of this right. movement which is really interesting because you get some sense that they are good intentioned and they're probably 
you know, people who lost their jobs after other people came back from the blip or lost their house because mm-hmm. other people came back from the blip, like all of the complications that we started to kind of see with Sam and the the bank loans earlier. Well, right. We started to, uh, or they alluded to the fact, or in the previous episode, uh, it was Sam alluded to the fact that their group that wanted, or with Torres, their group that wanted to go back to the way things were yep. during the blip. And I mean, on its surface, that sounds like a, that sounds like a horrible thing. But when you start to realize that some people actually benefited mm-hmm. from that, uh, that they not to say they believe Thanos is right, but just they don't know his, they don't know who Thanos is, but um, because they were able to gain some sort of mm-hmm. social status or power, they don't want to go back to the way things were pre blip of the same people in power that were there. So it's not necessarily that they want to go back to the way things were during the blip. It's that they just don't want the same people in power prior to the right. Blip. See what the way I kind of read this. They haven't said this explicitly, but I kind of think this is the way this this is heading. So they John Walker mentioned the global repatriate repatriatization council, which is the repatriation council. I'm sorry. So they they're the ones that are kind of reintegrating the blipped back into society. And what I think the mm-hmm. flag smashers are doing is they're looking at the world and saying, you know, we see people are hurting after other people came back from the blip. Like the the systems are not mm-hmm. handling it well. They're screwing over the people that survived or the people, even the people that, you know, blipped and came back and had everything lost. Like the, I think they're saying that this Patriot, this Patriation Council was not doing enough for the lower class or what whoever their their target group is maybe 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 there's it turns out there's a specific subset of people that well from what i understood they were their goal was to take the vaccines to one of the i think they're alluded to as refugee camps set set up by the council if i understand that correctly so they're actually trying to take uh actions into their own hands and helping directly people who uh yeah, and for all we know, these individuals who were blipped, who are sitting in these refugee camps, they don't really um, they don't really get processed in a timely manner. They're just sitting mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's it's hard not to compare that to the situation at the right. U.S. Mexico border, but uh, just as a as a real life example, that there there's a uh, crisis down there currently. So I think that's a pretty good way to. Um, to imagine what they're trying to get either get rid of or um mm-hmm. or fix on their own i think we'll get more insight in the coming episodes as to exactly what they're what they're about we do get kind of a little bit of a side story developing within the flag smashers when um carly morgenthau receives a text um a pretty threatening text oh, yeah. so this text basically is saying um you took what was mine i'm going to find and kill you and she kind of puts her phone away so uh we get kind of hints that this there's this power broker figure working pulling strings behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that um you know i don't know if that's the person who sent her the text or or what but you know it seems like there's someone pulling the strings someone maybe not necessarily of the flag smashers but of their enemies um and it seems like you know, Carly is directly involved in, in whatever's happening there. Right. So 
She's the, the it sounds like she's the middleman in this in this Possibly. transaction. Yeah. And she it, it seems like there that was a very personal text. <laughs> not so much like I'm gonna yeah. you know, not directly towards the flag smashers, but Carly herself. So I think we'll get some more insight into right. that later. Um I don't know who this power broker figure could be. I at the time I was like, Oh, that's Zemo or something, you know, like that's where I go initially. I thought that too um, initially. Could it I mean, there's the only other large character we know that's in the show that we have not seen yet is Sharon Carter. So, I mean, right. But I don't think she's going to be a power broker. Who knows? Of some because sort. I mean, you had the the reference to her earlier in the episode where they say that after Civil War, she was branded an enemy of the state, and that's the last time we saw her. So, I mean, they, anything if she if she survived the blip and still remained an enemy of the state that entire time, the could have gone down a little bit of a darker path or, or something like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility um, or the power broker could be something they're setting up for the future. Um, personally, I think it's Ben Grimm, the thing <laughs> it's only, it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> it only made sense. <laughs> he, he, he's already transformed into the thing too. So it's not like, he, he he's trying to get a vaccine to yeah, try and get exactly. rid of the rock skin. <laughs> every every needle he's tried to bends before he gets it in. So this this has been his his mm-hmm. goal the whole time. And uh specifically yeah. Michael Chickles' <laughs> exactly. Ben Grimm from, from the Fox Fantastic Four. <laughs> the Foxiverse confirmed. <laughs> Multiverse confirmed. <laughs> so yeah, I think this this scene was interesting. It gave some cool insight into what they're about. Um curious to see who that power broker is. Yeah, next we get into the really, the heavy, I think, emotional weight of the episode. Um, when This is the heart of, this yeah, is the, heart of the exactly. show right here. And, and Bucky mentions, hey, there's somebody you need to meet, Sam. And he takes him to Isaiah Bradley. Um, and Isaiah Bradley, you know, in the comics was a, a Captain America, um, but with a mm-hmm. much darker history than Steve. He wasn't a volunteer that signed up for the program. He was experimented on, right? Um, and they brought a lot of this backstory mm-hmm. over from the comics to this series to the MCU. And Isaiah, I mean, there's a lot of parallels you can kind of draw with Bucky, right? He he was right. involuntarily experimented on, um, and mm-hmm. basically kept in prison and tortured, tested yeah, upon for, for for quote stealing yeah, Captain America's for, uniform. Well, that was after the Korean War, but for for but thirty still. years in the MCU, the MCU version, thirty years—that's a long right. time. And yeah, what I what no, I what I, I, oh, I mean, sorry, it, it just it shows that you know the government was using African American test subjects throughout mm-hmm. the history after they paid Steve just to try to replicate that formula. Mm-hmm. And you can assume there were many failed experiments along the way. You know, some deaths that were swept under right. the rug. You know, they swept an entire successful mm-hmm. super soldier under the rug while they tested an experiment on him. Just awful, awful things done to Isaiah. Right. Well, what I find interesting is you and I were talking about this earlier today. Um, I don't know. I didn't know the comics history of Isaiah Bradley. I just knew him as the character from the show. And I think they did a fantastic job of writing his backstory in. And like somebody who me, like me who doesn't have that comic background was still able to recognize the um mm-hmm. the history there right that uh that 
there because they pulled him over i had no idea who was a he was a comics character or that he was a uh a, a black captain america in the 50s so i i think they're i think they've done a great job of integrating some of these uh, more lesser known characters into the main mcu without um without isolating yep. right fans yeah and i mean that's a it's it's just a tragic story i mean there's there's nothing fun about the conversation, but there is a little bit of levity when he talks about his fight with Bucky. He was like, he he yeah. beat Bucky in battle, ripped his arm off. <laughs> kind of right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just to add that he was a more successful yeah. super soldier. Mm-hmm. That he was able yep, to take out the exactly. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, and he's now living in essentially the slums of Baltimore. Yeah. So in this scene, I mean, Bucky mentions to him that there are more super soldiers out there. And he has a really, Isaiah has a really great line to Bucky where Bucky um, is talking to him about the super soldiers. And he's like, you can't just reinvent yourself. You you think you can just wake up and decide who you want to be. He said, you can't do that. And he was like, well, people like you might be able to. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's just a heavy, heavy line. Yeah. And you knew that kind of the conversation was pretty much over at that point. Right. Bucky and Sam leave. Not to mention, uh, before they walked into Isaiah's house, uh, Sam's interaction with those two kids on the street, I thought mm. was was great. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really great. <laughs> hey, Black Falcon. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> I like um, I like seeing Sam just kind of interact with these everyday people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, he is an everyday person. Exactly. He's right. he's one of the few in this. He's actually one of the few in the whole MCU that's just an, an average person. That yeah, he doesn't have powers. He's a yeah, Wanda for like a week. <laughs> yeah, when she was when she tried to play housewife. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and I mean even I mean even Tony is just an I don't want to say he's an everyday person. Oh. He doesn't have powers. Yeah. He, oh yeah yeah yeah. He's in a suit. Rhodey's mm-hmm. the same way. Well, I guess he has an absolute skeleton because of his legs now. But the um, but that's actually thinking about it out loud. That's an in- interesting comparison of. Uh, Sam and Tony is that one's a billionaire who can build his own tech suit or can build his own mech suits on a whim and uh, cause international disasters <laughs> and not face repercussions of it. But Sam, on the other hand, uh, is afraid to take on the mantle of Captain America. It's assumed because of his race. It's implied because of that. Um, one thing quickly to mention about the Isaiah Bradley scene is we are also introduced to Elijah Bradley or Eli Bradley, um, played by Elijah Richardson. Um, Isaiah Bradley is also played by Carl Lumley, by the way. Don't mention that, but slip my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, Elijah Bradley. So in the in the comics, eventually becomes Patriot um, and is considered a, a leader of the Young Avengers. So. You know, between Eli Bradley, Kate Bishop, Cassie Lang, Billy, and Tommy, Vision, <laughs> whatever their yeah, last name is in the comics, <laughs> Maximoff, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're, I Maybe. guess they're Maximoff. Yeah, um, Billy and Tommy Maximoff. We are clearly on the track to a Young Avengers series or film. I would kind of lean towards it being series. Um, Kamala mm-hmm. Khan too. You know, oh yeah, you can consider her. I would imagine she wasn't a part of the original run, but she definitely is um in their vision of what an mcu young avengers team looks like so in their yeah. vision if you will ah 
Yeah, very interested to see what comes of that. I would expect more of Isaiah and Elijah in this series um, before the end, for sure. It, it seemed like the way Sam was looking back at that house as he left definitely spoke to me, like saying that there was unfinished business. Mm-hmm. So then yes. Sam and Buddy leave. Yes, <laughs> which is another heavy scene <laughs> where the police officer essentially pulls them over walking <laughs> and you know they don't even pay any mind to bucky and just mostly focus on sam asking him for his id what are you doing here ask bucky is this guy bothering you it was just like wow they i i did not expect i almost wondered with our discussion last week or i was like did we give disney too much credit for no th- addressing this is, the race issues but they this go is head the first intention into it yes this is what they're going for yeah exactly and they they dove into it in this episode and i love it i mean the this part was you know it just that they they kept on sam and they kept asking questions and everything until they realized he was falcon and then they were like oh hey I right didn't realize sorry <laughs> this is the same guy or essentially the same uh position that the banker was in last week exactly i recognize you from somewhere but i don't know yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, I realized that that, that banker uh, is definitely definitely went home and told his family or tells all of his friends. Oh, yeah, I'm friends with Falcon. Yeah. Oh, I, no oh, doubt. Yeah. I'm best friends with him. Yeah. And then uses <laughs> it as an excuse to be racist. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm friends with Falcon. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that scene was great and frustrating. <laughs> it was very frustrating to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, just given the events of the past, I, I don't want to say year because it's been more than a year. This has been a, a systemic yeah. problem for decades now. Yeah. Uh, even t- even basically centuries. Um, but it just it it really <laughs> it really made me feel uncomfortable in in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, to, I mean, at the end of it, Bucky's the one who gets arrested <laughs> for missing and his off therapy <laughs> for missing his court mandated therapy. And now we get a brief split of Sam and Bucky. Um, I, I just love the thought of Bucky being handcuffed. Yeah, it's hilarious with, with that with that arm. It's hilarious. He could shatter it within. Yeah, <laughs> without even trying. Yeah, I don't even know why they did it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so they they cart Bucky Bucky off to to jail, basically, and he is promptly bailed out by John Walker. Um, and John also makes the demand that he doesn't need to go to therapy anymore, basically, mm-hmm. to which his therapist, who is also there, takes him into the, to the room for his con- release condition therapy. <laughs> so his kind of final session and she makes Sam tag along, which I thought I, I like the scene that follows, but it was kind of weird that she was like, hey, come into this therapy. Hey, you're, right. <laughs> you're, you're coming to no questions asked. Yeah. And he goes like, without yeah. even hesitation. <laughs> yeah. And the scene was great the the therapy session i thought mm-hmm. was hilarious is the staring contest the scooting close to each other and their <laughs> knees are like each other's crotches <laughs> it's like so good. it was so funny i, I just cracked you, up you can tell that uh that anthony Mackie and sebastian stan are having fun with this show oh my god yes their chemistry is amazing so like good. just incredible incredible you know even with all the those comedic moments it still you know ends with a heartfelt moment where bucky at the core of his issues, like after the therapist asks him, he breaks down and says, why didn't you keep the shield? Mm-hmm. No. And it culminates in 
Bucky saying why he's so upset that Sam didn't keep the shield. And he said, Steve gave you that shield. He wanted you to have it. If he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is a powerful (laughs) line from, from Bucky. Right. And then Sam notes that both Steve and Bucky wouldn't understand why he wouldn't accept the the role. Yep. If we can go back to the Isaiah Bradley thing for a second, I think if the government hadn't swept their super secret experiments under the rug and hid Isaiah from the world, a successful, uh, another successful Captain America who is black, who's African-American, um, I I think Sam wouldn't have had any hesitation in keeping the, the role. I think he's, it, it, the way I read it and interpreted his, he seemed angry after after that discussion with Isaiah. So, I I mean, he's obviously a, upset about um, about the history that, that Isaiah has gone through and the um, experiments that he's gone through that the U.S. government has put on these individuals, but I feel like he's more upset that if he, he's all, as just as upset at the fact that if he would have known about Isaiah, he would have, he wouldn't have hesitated. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to really read what Sam's thinking there. Um, just because he doesn't really, I mean, he only, his only reaction that we get to see play out is just kind of lashing out at Bucky for not saying anything to anyone. That's what I mean. If he would have known, if he would have at least known about it beforehand, yeah, he might've, um, I forgot it was Bucky that, that mentioned it to him. Mm-hmm. So Bucky at some point along the line would have said, by the way, Isaiah Bradley is, but at the same time, Bucky doesn't know that doesn't know Sam's, I don't want to say true feelings, but I mean, we not say we can read them clearly, but it's very heavily implied why he didn't take it, why he didn't accept it. Exactly. And Bucky can't see that part of it is because he's over a hundred years old. And I mean, he's, he's been frozen on and off for years and was a Russian agent. Yeah. So doesn't really understand race, race relations in America. <laughs> yeah. So I'd give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt there, but <laughs> never, um, never thinks to try and truly listen to Sam's issues. Right. Yeah. And I think at some point Sam will, will let that out. Um, mm-hmm. Even then he didn't, he didn't, in the therapy didn't tell Bucky his reasons. He probably just feels like he doesn't have to. And he's right. Wait, he doesn't really have to. Right. No, he's, but he, it's complete, he, he's completely justified and not. Saying yeah. Anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with the Isaiah Bradley stuff. I read Sam's reaction as more anger. Just that like there was never any justice for Isaiah and that he kind of just lived in this rundown house. Well, that, I mean, that that's definitely part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I, yeah, I think what, you, what you're saying makes sense, though, with him. You know, if I would have known about that, I would have, you know, put more thought into mm-hmm. keeping the shield. Or would it made him? Would it have made him even more solidified in his decision and saying, "I don't want to represent a government that, you know, subjected this man to all this torture and all this terrible stuff." That like, too. That that's very fair. That he could basically blow the uh, what's what's the phrase? Blow the lid off the pot. Mm-hmm. of right. of these secret experiments that happened and uh there was an article i read from the hollywood reporter that uh put the question out there of how do you represent a country that doesn't represent you yep and i think that fits sam's dilemma very well exactly yeah i mean he he says that 
so like he says that without saying it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i felt like that has been implied i kind of want them to go there and have him say that you know it's the same same kind of thing as the, the anthem discussions that have gone mm-hmm. on right it's like how right. how do you how do you represent that that idea of what idea of america is in an ideal world versus what it actually is right and i think there's a lot that they could say about it i mm-hmm. hope they go there instead of just leaving it as subtext you know an unset <laughs> unspoken like implied it definitely felt like that in his decision in, in episode one mm-hmm. you know that that's why he was primarily why he was doing it right so yeah, I mean, I, that therapy session ends with them storming off and agreeing that after the mission's over, they're never going to talk to each other again. I would expect that to change by the end of the, <laughs> the season or the series, whichever it ends up being. Um, but as soon as they go out, tone deaf, John Walker blares the police <laughs> sirens, <laughs> which I was like, oh God, you this idiot. Guy. Like, this, this guy. Freaking yeah, that, guy. This guy. This scene is where it turned for me. And I'm like, I was like, okay, they're building up to him to be sympathetic. This I kind of was expecting him to be this cocky, arrogant jerk, and he definitely turned into that in this this episode. I mean, that's in the in this scene. I'm sorry, and that's you know he's kind of giving back what he's gotten so far from Sam, but at the same time, it's like you're supposed to be Captain America, man. Like <laughs> you're not supposed to be blaring police sirens to get the attention of a black man. Like, come on, right? <laughs> like, Some, something's wrong here. He, you know, he offers again for them all to work together. Um, they talk a little bit more about the flag smashers and Sam basically rejects their offer saying that, you know, you guys have to get a bunch of approvals and you have to go through this process to take action against anything. And we're, we're free agents. He said, yeah, (laughs) he said, we can just go. It's a great line. It doesn't make sense for us to work together. Mm -hmm. And John just says, stay the hell out of my way then. And I was like, okay, this is (laughs) because what Sam said made complete sense. Right. I mean, (laughs) You can still work together and not work together. Right. And again, that's all that's Steve's whole argument from Civil War. Yeah. That that there's so many steps that they would have to go through. If if the world is in danger, we can't uh we we can't just stand by and wait for approval. Yep. Exactly. If, if, if Ultron is dropping a city from the sky again, we can't sit there and wait for the bureaucratic process to take place before exactly. we can go. Yeah, and that's just another you know, you started this episode talking about the parallels that they started to draw between Steve and John Walker, and it was pretty evident in this mm-hmm. that line as well. That that almost wraps the episode, but before before that, we have one final scene to focus on the Flag Smashers, where they're about to take off in a plane that's filled with the goods that they'd stolen earlier. And I'm guessing it seems like the broker has keyed into them and is on their tail and pulling into the airport. One of the Flag Smashers members stays behind and basically goes to confront um whoever's pursuing them and they demonstrate that they too have super strength which makes me think you know we've seen three of those members that have super strength so it's i I kind of assume that all of them do now of that core group they've had they've had some type of the serum or some type of the uh or some super soldier uh compound injected into them yep so I, i think you know, this this guy goes over and knocks telephone pole over, which I thought was enough, but he also apparently did not think it was enough and started to walk towards them slowly and they just shot him. Which I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't care for this scene very much because of that. It just felt like, <laughs> why did that... That guy seemed kind of stupid. I didn't get why he was 
walking <laughs> towards them slowly until they shot him instead of just knocking the pole over and running away. Because I don't think he slowed them down. The pole did. But yeah. Anyways, it was kind of a goofy little moment. Um, I don't hold it too much against this episode, though. <laughs> no, the the pros definitely outweigh the cons on this one. Definitely. So then we go we go back to um to Sam and Bucky walking down mm-hmm. the street trying to decide what what the next move is and i i didn't understand their logic okay so i didn't either this is my i think my biggest criticism of the episode so so bucky says when when he they were speaking with isaiah that when isaiah said you don't your people don't have the luxury of doing that or something along those lines Bucky says he wasn't referring to me being white. Basically, he was referring to me being Hydra, which I I was like, no, I don't think that was mm-hmm. what was happening there. And I hope they're not saying that's what he meant because he didn't. I I think there's a there's a um double entendre. Yeah, there. I think so too. Oh, but I don't think I don't think doing this undercuts the, the that mm-hmm. phrase. So they, at least, I mean, I mean, I I can't really speak on from that perspective, but at least from the way I see it um that's it it, there's a bit of a double entendre there yeah i think you're right that's true but i i i still don't understand the logic and why they need hydra secrets because they say okay we need hydra secrets so we're gonna go get zemo and i i don't get the connection between flag smashers and hydra right now no unless because they they did say john walker knows all of hydra secrets didn't they maybe i don't know Something along those lines. I, I kind of want to go back and watch that last scene again just to try and follow their. Yeah, it their was logic. a little unclear. I, I hope it's not just like a weird plot thing to get Zemo into the episode. I hope there's a little bit more of a natural <laughs> integration for him. Um, yeah. You know, we do get to a quick glimpse of Zemo right at the end, kind of the closing shot of the episode. Um, and he's, he's still he's locked still up. Cell. I was surprised. I thought what they were going to do was, mm-hmm. you know, hey, during the blip, he escaped or or something along those lines. The Flag Smashers needed him and they broke him out. Or You know, I was pretty shocked when they just were like, yeah, he's in a cell. And mm-hmm. Sam was like, what are you going to do? Just go and sit in a cell and talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested to see that. Um, you know, we mentioned last week that Zemo is on Bucky's list of reparations he needs to make. So I wonder what that's about. If we'll get some indication there when when they have that meeting mm-hmm. next week right but i mean overall i thought it was an excellent episode i enjoyed it i i like the first episode i enjoyed this one a lot more mm-hmm. I, the banter between sam and bucky if that's something we get all season long i'm so in for it which i'm which so I in for it <laughs> <clears throat> any uh any predictions for episode three i i i i genuinely don't have anything right now because i i can't mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. know where it's gonna go yeah how zuma's gonna get out how uh or what sam and bucky are going to see him for what what are the chances though that zuma starts reciting the the code to awake i think we'll soldier? definitely get a call back to it i don't know if zemo will do it but there has to be mm-hmm. something like uh, i don't know Sam and Bucky start saying it to Zemo like as a joke or something. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if Bucky's in a really good place to joke about that, so maybe it would have to come from the other end. But I, yeah. Well, what 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 if John Walker uses? Well, that it? would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, I 
I'm definitely curious to see what they do with John Walker. Because right right now, I it doesn't seem like Zemo is going to be the big villain of the series. I almost think they're going to go with a little bit of a redemption arc for him. But, you know, it seems like they're not playing John Walker up to be a primary villain, more of like kind of a rival antagonist person. Well, well I'm starting to wonder if we're going to have a, 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 quote, big bad at all. Or if it's just going to be like a mix of different characters that um, that lead to a, a final culmination or a final battle, if you will, yeah. of some sort. Yeah, and I mean, we're. It seems like we're working towards the Flag Smashers being uh, kind of like anti-heroes, right? Well, maybe not even mm-hmm. anti-heroes, just like morally gray heroes, I guess, because right. it, it's with their you know involvement their their crime is stealing vaccines to give to <laughs> to the refugees it's like okay they're not that bad we still don't know what they did in that first episode well and they're seen with torres um but right. it wasn't extremely violent either i mean there was a lot of running around and panicking and that one soldier hit the cop into the pole like after he was attacked well i'm starting to wonder if if that uh if their scene in the first episode is just there to kind of set up uh, not even just the idea of them, but um, to kind of show how they work that there might be a, a hand, like seven or eight core members, but that they have supporters around the world that are willing to come to events to That's help them. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm, I just am really curious to see what they do with them. Cause it seems like, they're on the path to be not so much villains <laughs> and kind of, you know, yeah. even I would go so far as to even say they might end up being kind of the heroes of the series, but um, possibly I just, I'm wondering, you know, assuming that we get a big MCU third act showdown, like we, we normally do in the last episode or two what does that look like who's involved is it kind of just a group fight between all these different parties with different agendas or do we have this this big bad um whoever the power broker is is most likely the big bad what if, what if not say it is zemo but what if it's one of zemo's connections it could be the power broker I, and he's i mean zemo is pulling the strings behind yeah him, so. i i think zemo being the Thank villain is the most boring choice they can make out of all of them. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, it is definite a definite possibility, though. I mean, I, I don't see what his place mm-hmm. right now. They're shoehorned like right now, based on what we know, he feels shoehorned into the story. I hope it's not that, and I hope mm-hmm. that they have. Yes. He's such a great character too. So I don't know. I don't know why you would just shoehorn right. him in. Yeah, I, I there has to be more there, and I think he'll have a good role to play. I don't think it's the villain personally. I, I am kind of thinking the power broker is Sharon Carter. Like the more I talk about it and think about it, that's that's where mm-hmm. my mind's going. That would be very surprising. And okay. I think there's a lot of lot of time that they could fill in some blanks to to explain what's what's going on with her. Yeah, where she's been because I mean it. It seems like okay. she plays a big role in the series. I mean, but just hasn't been in to this point outside of a name drop. So I, I mean that's kind of like a. a Hail Mary prediction, <laughs> but <laughs> if I'm right, that's gonna become the intro that we play on every single episode. <laughs> I think Sharon Carter is a power. Yeah, <laughs> that should be that should be in our in our yeah. general intro. 
I'll auto tune <laughs> like our best clips into a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pitch it up. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think we we hit everything this week. Covered what just a about great, everything. What a great week of news and discussions and a great episode to talk mm-hmm. about. I'm so excited for next week. Oh, I, I, I told you this earlier, but we really picked a doozy of a show. We did. Podcast <laughs> it's heavy on the themes. and Oh, my goodness. It hits some issues that are just heavy to talk we about. Thought, we thought... We thought it was going to be a fun time after yeah. <laughs> WandaVision, where it was just all speculation and, and what's going on with Wanda. And, I, I think and we're going to be right but... back in speculation oh. and, and wacky zaniness land once we hit Loki. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the Doctor oh, Who I am, is going I am to be... Uh... so excited for that. <laughs> all right. But um, thanks for joining us this week. And you know, we'll be back next week with some some news. Hopefully some news breaks this week. If not, then we're just going to dive head first into the third episode of falcon the winter soldier so um yep thanks again and we are signing off for the week 